WPC Smash, where wrestling and pop culture smash together. We are your hosts. I am Mike Moran. And I am Ian Wilson. We love wrestling. And you love wrestling. So let's smash the start button on today's podcast. All right, all right. Welcome to WPC Smash. I am Ian Wilson, and this is... Mike Moran. What up, what up? Dude, we have a loaded episode this week, man. So we're going to jump right into it. What's going down on your side of town, brother? Let's do it. Let me tell you what's going down on my side of town. First and foremost, I want to talk about I got it. It came in. I tried it. I played it. I liked it. The PlayStation Classic. Oh. Yeah. Now, you can go back a couple episodes. We tell you what games are on it. All right. Um, and But it's not all peaches and cream. I mean, I'm not going to join the revolution online and like hate on the thing. But there were a few things that I was just scratching my head on just a little bit. First and foremost... The console itself doesn't come with an adapter to plug into the wall. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, so if you you know have an updated TV, there's most likely a USB spot, and you can plug it right into there. No harm, no foul. Um, I mean, I have a drawer full of like nine old Samsung or I- iPhone adapters to plug a USB in. So yeah, the there's no problem. Block. Yeah. Yeah. It was no problem, but it was just like, dude. You can get them on you can get them at the convenience store counter for a dollar ninety nine yeah. or whatever, but But you think it would come with it. For a hundred bucks, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then other than that, uh kick it on, you get that smooth, sexy PlayStation startup sound to begin. My favorite startup sound of any system of all time, the original PlayStation One startup sound. Why they got rid of it, I'll never <laughs> know. But that's kind of where the fun ends at that moment because it abruptly just brings you to your main screen and it's just scroll through the great games and pick the one you want to play no background music no like preview of the game that you're picking or anything it's just the cover of the game play it yes or no go to your save spot yes or no um so the power button obviously does the power the eject button is actually a cool feature if you're playing a game that has multiple discs, like Final Fantasy, that's how you would go to the next disc. So if you beat disc one and you needed to, in theory, pop in disc two, you'd have to go over to the console and hit the eject button. That's cool. To pop in number two. But let me just say, um, you know, for what this is intended to be, I mean, I surely hope no one's going out of their way to buy this to be their primary console. It's purely a nostalgia machine. For someone like me as a collector, as retro gaming is my gimmick, is my deal, I love it. And it came in the day before I went on a business trip and was in a hotel for two nights. And let me tell you, perfect. Fit in my backpack, small, plugged it right in at the hotel. Every morning I was playing some cool borders too. Like super cool. The games work absolutely fine. Just like you remember them. Yeah, I mean, the really only complaint I've heard about the games is, you know, oh, everybody's like, oh, they used PAL as an emulator on some of the games. And you can notice that, you know, things are slower. But you're only really going to notice that stuff if you're a hardcore gamer. If you're a Tekken dude and you play Tekken all the time, you might notice that. But if you haven't played Tekken in 10 years, 
you know, you're yeah. you're, you're not going to notice that stuff. Yeah, that's uh, I actually played that game first because I heard all the buzz about ooh Tekken blah blah. But yeah, it's I, I kicked some ass with Eddie Gordo right away, man. I think everybody picks Eddie right away. Yeah, <laughs> doing some Capoeira moves, dude. You're feeling the flow, feeling it, feeling it, working it. Yeah, so I mean, I I haven't yet gotten into any of the longer type games. Like, I really can't wait to get into Odd World, uh, Abe's Odyssey, and you know, Metal Siphon Gear Metal Gear Siphon Filter, all those. Yeah. I I I don't know it, how it's gonna feel without the thumbsticks or whatever. But um, one of the other things is the controller cables are small just like they were on the nes classic but Absolutely. have no fear you can look out there i actually purchased two different types because i jumped on the first wireless i could find it doesn't get released till february but i pre-ordered it for 20 bucks you know for 20 bucks hey why not sure. but, but then i was uh sent over a link from a buddy and it's like a, a dongle pretty much that i can use my ps3 or ps4 controller on this system so once I get those in, I'll let you guys know how it is, man. But right on, that's perfect. And either way, like it's a USB controller, so you can just get a USB extension cable where you that you can get at Walmart, right? Well, it's actually a different shape. Oh. It's like its own, like kind of like how the Nintendo classics have their own little like the Wii shape, if you will. Sure. This has its own. It's like almost like a USB, almost like an HDMI shape, but yeah. So that's why. Yeah, the pre-order the specific ones. All right. Because I thought about that myself also. That's so cool, man. I'm I'm stoked. I'm all about this classic wave that's coming yeah. out. I'm super stoked to get the Sega when it comes out, and I'll talk about that a little bit when it's my turn. And, yeah. And all the other ones, the Commodore 64, man, I think it's rad. I think it's cool. I think it looks sweet on a shelf with them all lined up. And I got to tell you, all my systems are downstairs in my man cave, where I can, you know, blow on the cartridge and throw it in and play it or play yeah. my PlayStation 1. But upstairs on my main TV, if I just want to play a game, bam, I got an NES Classic. I got a Super NES Classic. I'm eventually going to have a PlayStation Classic. And, you know, it's the perfect thing to have somewhere else in your home. But like you said, not as a main console. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, in in my uh, living quarters... Uh, my living room has my main consoles, the Xbox, the Switch, and the PS4. Upstairs is my man town, and that's where all my classic consoles are. But in the the kids' playroom, I built a shelf and, and kind of installed my retro classic console, just like you were saying. They're all lined up, you know, NES Classic, Super Nintendo Classic, PlayStation Classic. They look cool. You yeah. know, they're nice and small on a shelf. The only bummer... Is that that cable? But when I do go to play the PlayStation Classic, for right now, I just bring it down onto the coffee table because the the power supply and the HDMI are long enough, so I can still sit on the couch or sit in a chair. Yep. But I have to pull the console down and. I bought the you know fifteen foot extension cables for like ten bucks for two oh, yeah. of them, and I have those hooked up and and it's perfect because when I'm like you know. Play, I want to play something real quick with my son. Uh, bam, I'll throw on the NAS Classic and, you know, whatever. Yep. 700 games to choose from and rip it up, dude. Absolutely. And just, you know, bro down with my with my boy, <laughs> dude. I'm like, you know, playing all these games. 
and he wants to play stuff that I haven't played in, you know, 20 years or never played. Mm -hmm. And absolutely love the classic systems. I love where they're going. I want him. I want them all. I want N64 next. I want Sega. You know, I want Sega Saturn. I, I want it all, dude. Hell yeah. Speaking of uh, our consoles, um, so as of this recording, I will have the Switch Nintendo controllers. So they're like the Joy-Cons that go on the side of your Switch, but they're actual size of regular NES controllers. So if you have someone over and you're playing the NES emulator that's built into the to the Switch, boom, boom, you got two controllers, and they're the perfect NES controllers. I'm super stoked to uh, try those out. You know, we're recording this late at night, so tomorrow I will be getting those. I'll definitely be tweeting out some pictures of them so you can see them to scale to an actual controller and what they look like on the Switch. But can't wait to play with those. It's going to make that console even more fun you know um, i like bringing the switch everywhere i go and now bringing the switch and being able to play nes on it with an nes controller because the joy cons held sideways are really small so it can be tricky and i find even the joy cons in general are like sketch sometimes like oh, yeah. you know, they don't like you know react perfectly and stuff like that so i'm interested to see if like you know these work like a wireless you know nes classic controller works and yep. i have one and it's not super great like you know there'll be times where it's like trying to connect okay and stuff like that but i'm stoked to see you know how these ones work with the switch because i think the joy cons are you know not garbage but they're not great yeah i got the pro controller yeah. that's the way to go in my opinion with the switch but little little known fact too if you're using you know a flat screen hd ugh, hd television Make sure that is in game mode because that definitely helps in the long run with your classic consoles. I had the same problem with my wireless Super Nintendo controllers. I would jump as Mario and like like almost a full second would go by and then he'd actually jump. Yeah. So pop your TVs in game mode, kids. There you go. And also on the TV aspect, uh, rumor on the streets is Celebrity Deathmatch may be coming back. Oh, yeah. Now I'm excited about it. But I don't know if the world's going to be ready because <laughs> we're living in a different time where everyone's like, you know, I'm not going to get into it too much, but we know people get butt hurt so easily. And like, this is all this show is. It's About everything. Like, oh, yeah. it's inappropriate. Yeah, it's inappropriate. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah. like this show, I loved Celebrity Deathmatch as a kid. It was during the Attitude Era of wrestling and Stone Cold was a, a host, a guest on it with his voice and the claymation and i'm gonna actually tweet out a link of like my favorite not match but just my my most memory of it there was an alien and i remember like the crowd was booing him and he was just like i'm gonna destroy your whole freaking planet and like as a kid i just thought that was the funniest thing and like i would just randomly bring it up like playing t uh, not t-ball but <laughs> baseball yeah. in the yard i'd be like you know, doing the Babe Ruth point, but I'm gonna destroy your planet, baby. Like, <laughs> so I thought uh, that show was super rad yeah. too, man. I, I love Celebrity Deathmatch. I still love watching it now. I what I really hope is that you know it's not a straight to TV deal. That it's like I mean, because there's some gnarly shit on Netflix. Yeah, like Big Mouth or you know stuff <laughs> like that. F is for Family, Bubble Bath. Yeah, I mean there's this this gnarly stuff, dude, and that's what so Celebrity Deathmatch needs to be. All right, 
So I would love to see it like that. Um, basically, from what I read, and I don't know if you read anything different, was just that it was going to get a reboot. So I don't know if MTV picked it up or, you know, if ABC picked it up or if Netflix picked it up. But I really hope it's like a, you know, straight to home type thing. It's not on regular TV and they can just get gnarly with it and go back to the way Celebrity Deathmatch was before and uh, just totally rip on people and mm-hmm. celebrities and the times, you know, like South Park does. Yep. Super relevant shit. Celebrity Deathmatch was like, way ahead of its time as as far as relevancy yeah you know what i mean yeah be- saying everything you thought at home yep but we're too afraid to say in current like you're saying like yeah like how south park is like that shit happened last week and yeah. you know johnny gomez and nick diamond are bringing the action to you in the ring yeah dude super stoked for celebrity deathmatch glad you brought that up yeah man uh, that's pretty much what i got um on my side of town so what, i'm gonna give you that hot tag all right, man. So I got a few things that, you know, really piqued my interest lately. Um, first off, uh, the Genesis Classics collection on uh, the Switch. I think that was, you know, a great addition to the Switch. And anybody who hasn't, you know, played any of these games recently or anything like that, that's a perfect opportunity for you to jump in and, and play some, you know, classic Sega Genesis games. If you don't have a Sega at home, which, you know, we do, but not everybody Gee. does, you you can get that opportunity for, you know, whatever they're charging, 30 bucks, and play 30 of these games. It's basically a Sega classic in your Switch. Nice. And something like that is, you know, super sweet in my opinion. I have a game like that on, on the Dreamcast that had like six games on it. The Smash Pack. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this has way more than that. So anybody who's really looking to, you know, play those old Sega games, Streets of Rage is a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. They got that on there. Any of the classics that you're really looking for on Sega, you're going to be able to find Golden Axe, um, Altered Beast, stuff like that. So Kid Chameleon? I don't know. Alex Kidd? Maybe. I'm just <laughs> shouting some of the games I like out there. Yeah, man. So Besides the obvious, like Sonic. Yeah. I mean, uh, on. Of course, you know, Golden Axe is in that, that Sonic yep. range, you know what I mean? But, you, I mean, if you're not going to go buy a Sega for whatever, 30 or 40 bucks at GameStop.com, then uh, by all means, grab the Sega Classics Edition on your Switch and you'll be able to play those retro games where, you know, on the go like you can do with the Classic, uh, with the Switch. So I think that's super cool. Another thing that, you know, kind of got brought up is the Sega Classic is going to get delayed again. There's been a bunch of, you know, controversy with Sega and who's going to make the game, basically. At one point, they had a deal with At Games. And if you don't know who At Games is, they basically make all the garbage retro video game things that you can find in uh, Walmart. Yeah, and I got a funny uh, thing about that. I think you're talking about the flashback. So yeah, at, at games, they at make games. all that stuff. Are you yeah. ready for it? It's actually pronounced A T games because the console has eighty games on it. Oh really? Word. There's a bunch of them too. Yeah. Like yep. some, some of them have like way more than that. And there's all kinds of these like bootleg systems, and some of them are really good. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked a, a few episodes back about my mini arcade system, which is basically a Sega bootleg system, but yeah. but it works really good. The gameplay is really good. The sounds really good. Everything's cool for what it is. Um, but the, a lot of at games problems are, you know, not so much with 
sound and what they are offering. It's with straight up gameplay that everything's not running smoothly and stuff like that, and and that they overcharge for that. If you were paying thirty bucks and you're getting eighty games and some of them don't run great, like it is what it is. Like mm-hmm. that's that's cool. Like that that's gonna happen. But when none of them run great, you know, there's a problem. So basically, Sega backed out from making, you know, having at games make these Sega classics. They're working on a new deal with somebody else, not going as quickly as they thought it would. So we're not going to see a Sega classic until sometime next year. But we are going to get one. Cool. It is going to be awesome. I am going to buy it. And even more now that it's not made by At Games, I, mm-hmm. I'm super stoked. Uh, so I'm definitely going to get it when it comes out. I can be patient. There's plenty of other things on the market. We're going to get that next year. We're going to get yeah. the N64 Classic next year. There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind that that stuff's on its way. We got the PlayStation Classic to mess yep. around with now. Um, speaking of the PlayStation Classic, it's all over YouTube. You know, It can be hacked just like the NES and the Super NES Classic. So for those of you out there who are you know, messing with your, your classic consoles and adding more games, they're, you know, two weeks into it being out... It, not even they've already figured out how you can expand your memory and add whatever you want basically and change the the emulators that people complain so much about and that's it boom your Sweet. problems are solved so I i'll mean, be I, your i'll be your guinea pig bro i think that's super cool i i don't condone doing that and, <laughs> and if but if you're out there there's you know plenty of uh youtube people that'll show you how to do it and if you're looking to add infinite amount of games there's opportunities out there for you to do that on every classic system which is super cool and i i i hear you know people out there saying that they shouldn't you know have to mess with things and mess with the emulators and i totally get that and but in my opinion that's a small price to pay to get exactly what you're looking for if you want 200 300 400 playstation games a hundred dollars for this classic and some some time on your computer, boom, done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's no big deal to me. It's not that big a deal. Uh, and it shouldn't be. There's Everybody's out there doing it. So, you know, check it out online if you're looking for that on YouTube. There's lots of videos that will show you how to do that. And not only can you have a tiny little PlayStation plas- Classic that you can bring in your backpack on a work trip like yeah. you did, and you'll have, you know, infinite amount of games instead of just 20 totally cool happy that it happened so fast Mm -hmm. and i'm stoked to do that we you know somewhere down the line and to get a second to do it with that and to get an n64 and to do it with that because it's fun and it's working and it's cool to you know play these emulators and and get these roms out there for everybody to play you know what i mean um i'm super stoked with the way everything's going with the classic editions just like you for sure um CWL, Black Ops 4, Call World League, dude. Call of Duty, um, Black Ops 4, we talked about it a bunch of times. We talked about the first tournament coming up in Vegas. The first tournament went down last weekend. Optic, congratulations, we're the champions. They beat E-United in the finals. They went undefeated throughout the whole tournament. They actually only lost three maps, which is unreal, through the first tournament. Uh, It was great to watch. They did some really cool new things with the streams on Twitch. And basically, it brought you more into the game. You know, they had health counters. So they had, like, each player on each team at the top of the screen. And you could live, 
live see their health going up and down as they're getting shot or as they're shooting everything um it was super cool man they had four streams going at a time so you could watch all the different games going on depending on who's playing and who you want to root for and who you want to watch i think cod did a great job with their first tournament and it's only going to get better from there so i'm super stoked about that we're going to get the first um you know download pack i don't know what they're going to call it the first update because it's not really like dlc everybody's going to get it but the first season, you might say, right, yep. and we're going to get a new specialist. So they, some of that stuff kind of leaked already with, uh, you know, PlayStation getting it a week early. So we got to wait a little bit because mm-hmm. we're playing on Xbox right now. But I'm super stoked for all that stuff to go down. A couple new guns, sweet new submachine gun, nice assault rifle, a lot of new skins and stuff like that to grind for. Nothing that you have to pay for if you don't want to. That's, you can grind cool. it out and get it and... I think that that's super cool, the, the way COD did that. Um, the World Cup of Paintball was a few weeks back, and, you know, I'm a big paintball fan, and I, and I like to play paintball in the summertime and stuff like that. So the NXL World Cup, Houston Heat was the champs. Congratulations to them. If you want to watch paintball, there's lots of cool videos on YouTube. Uh, Go Sports. They post um, all kinds of extreme sports. So if you go to... Go Sports website, the first thing they do when you're signing up is ask you, like, what your favorite sport is. And it's not, like, baseball, football, basketball. It's, like, skydiving, bungee jumping, paintball. Nice. Um, crazy stuff like that. Like, base Extreme jumping. Sports, yeah, yeah, like, for real. And not even, like, skateboarding. Like, skateboarding's on there. Right. In, in the list. Yeah, <laughs> like, unbelievable, crazy cool stuff. Go Sports on YouTube to check out, you know, all the paintball. They're posting videos all the time. Super good. Easy to watch. And, you know, congratulations to Houston Heat for tearing it up, making through. I think there was over 500 teams in the tournament. Wow. And uh, they grinded through all 500 teams for the win. Now, was it like speedball? Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice. Yep. So, NXL um, and, yeah, speedball, Mm -hmm. um, hyperball, whatever you want to call it. But. You know, these are the pros, the best of the best, wow. tearing it up. And they beat out 500 teams to win the tournament. So I was super stoked about that. Got the fantasy football playoffs coming up. Yeah. Dude, congratulations, Mike Moran. Hell I'll yeah. cheers to uh, making the fantasy football playoffs. That's right. Been playing in a league for a long time. And uh, your boys, Mike Moran and Ian Wilson, are once again in the playoffs, battling it out for that Super Bowl. I've been carrying that belt around for two out of the last three years, and it's getting kind of heavy on my shoulders. (laughs) But I think that they can handle it for one more year. We'll see how it goes over the next few weeks. I'm coming for it, baby. (laughs) All right, man. It's right there if you want it. Um, GameStop. Dude, GameStop's been in the news, baby. They lost $500 million last quarter, and that's some some stuff that you can't hide when you're a publicly traded Mm -hmm. company. The owners of GameStop are trying to sell. So that's a bad sign for GameStop in general. If you have GameStop points or GameStop money or GameStop gift cards, you might want to cash those in as soon as possible and just kind of deal with them on a cash basis. Yeah. I don't think GameStop's going out of business, but I guarantee they're going to start closing stores, Mm -hmm. especially if they can't sell. You're not going to see them, you know, the freestanding stores. I think they're going to be in malls and stuff like that. And if you want a GameStop, that's where you're going to go. They got to do something. They lost $500 million in in three months, you know. I know what it is. The damn point system, which I used to love, you used to be able to cash in for 
for physical gifts like t-shirts and hats and koozies and stress balls and all cool yeah all cool stuff and now it's like you can only trade your points in for GameStop gift cards or think geek gift cards so when i have the chance i do the think geek because think geeks where it's at um you can get anything for your house i mean this is a shameless plug almost but like you can get anything you can think of that uh, board games um Clocks, placemats, cups, coffee mugs, like all cool video game, tabletop, pop culture-y things on ThinkGeek. I thought GameStop was the balls back in the day. Clearly, they've been losing money for a long time. They really tried to get into the collectible scene, but they really have garbage collectibles, in my opinion. The collectibles you can get everywhere else. You can get them at Walmart. You can get them at Target. You can get them at Sears. You can get them at GameStop. It's not something that is so collectible that it can't be found anywhere else. Yeah. That's mainstream. They do have exclusives, so that's cool. But they're still, you know, Pop are still going to make these exclusives. They're just going to give them to somebody else, you know. Coles. Yeah, whoever. (laughs) Yeah. We're not going to lose anything by GameStop going out of business. I mean, I buy digital. You buy digital. They, I mean, sometimes I like bringing my son in there to pick a, you know, Game Boy Advance game or a you know, a Nintendo sure. GS game for a super cheap or whatever. But, I mean, I, we got comic shops around here where we could do that, yep. and I'm sure there's a lot of places out there where you could get that same stuff somewhere else. It just they're going in the wrong direction. They've been doing it for a long time. People have been complaining about GameStop. We complained about GameStop for years. Yeah. I mean, it's probably been a long time since I walked into a GameStop without the understanding that I was going to get burned on just buying a <laughs> DS game for my son. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's really there's really no reason to go there. If you're everybody has some kind of Target card or a Best Buy credit card or somewhere else where you're going to get more benefits by buying a game from them. Yep. You know, a lot of these stores, Best Buy is going to ship it to your house, Amazon. Yep. They'll have it they'll have a new video game at your house that day. Yep. You know what I mean? There's no reason to wait at GameStop at midnight anymore exactly. because literally the next day when your mailman comes, the game's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, so GameStop lost 500 million bucks last quarter and that's a lot of money to lose in 3 months. So in my opinion, GameStop is going to start closing stores first. They're already trying to sell. Nobody's going to buy a business that lost 500 million dollars in yep. 3 months. So I think they're going to close stores next. They're going to try to drive that number down. Like, oh, we only lost $200 million this quarter. Do you want to buy us now? Right. And somebody will probably jump on it. It'll still be called GameStop, but it'll be run by somebody else. Nothing will change, and it'll get worse and worse and worse. And eventually, you know, GameStop will die out. I think we're a long ways away from that. But I think within the next year, all your... You know, maybe not all, but a lot of your freestanding GameStops are gonna be gone. They're gonna be in the malls. Yeah, they're gonna be in the the plazas that have twenty five different stores in right, them. Right. Those ones will stay. But the one down the street from me, that's in the Walmart parking lot where there's only ten stores, I guarantee that's one of the first to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. That's kind of a big deal, dude. GameStop sure. was a big part of a video gamer's life for the last. 15 years yeah but we i mean for the past five years we've been having this conversation now it's, it's coming to fruition it's for in, real in the news. they couldn't yeah. hide losing 500 million dollars <laughs> yeah. like they had to come out with that so that was crazy um arcade one up news yeah 
Um, I own a Rampage cabinet and a Galaga cabinet, and I was able to order the acrylic covers for the artwork. Um, if you are really grinding your game, uh, supposedly the artwork will start to wear yeah. away. Um, we've seen videos of it online. It was kind of one of the big deals of these things coming out. It was like, okay, the artwork is grinding away, so they're sending out acrylic covers. That's awesome. Um, I've received them. I received the new board for the Rampage cabinet, which basically you know t- takes away the gauntlet glitch where you can't p- get past level 31, which, believe me, folks, is a total grind in, in its own. If you can get to 31... You spent two hours at the machine, and that's if you tapped a million times on the player button first, and so you didn't die at all. I mean, that's a grind, but, I mean, I got the new board for free. I got the the covers for free. I got the new artwork for free. That's awesome. And it was really cool of them to kind of step up and give everything out for free because they're like, hey, they acknowledge, hey, this is our first run of stuff. Yeah, we messed up on something. Let's make it right, and we're gonna make it right for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So my question for you is: with this board, is the board just a patch, or is this board a whole new board that has everything that the original board had, but it fixed this issue? It's a it's a whole new board. So they gave me a whole new computer board, and I'm gonna unplug everything off of my Rampage cabinet and plug mm-hmm. it all back into the new board. So your old board, in theory, you discard it. You could throw it away, or, or can you hook it up to a TV or somewhere? You could go on, you? Or you could go on YouTube and learn how to solder and bust into it and get the extra games that are stuck on the inside, which there are YouTube videos for as well. Uh, all right, that's so where my a, mind was going. Like, so you fact, technically have a board that could be soldered and turned onto some it, sort of TV so somewhere, technically in a living room near you. Yeah, you have, you know, a board. That gauntlet only goes to level 31, but everything else works fine. And in fact, you can solder on a USB cable and plug in a, a, a keyboard and get to hidden games on the board, oh. which is basically, you know, they called China when they made these things and they were like, hey, make us these boards, put all these games on them. Yeah. Make half of them so it plays these games and the other half so it plays these games. Ah. So you can get into the board and unlock the other games and, hey, maybe somewhere down the line, somebody with a soldering gun and an extra board could do that. Okay. Potentially. I know someone with a soldering gun and who knows how to use it. Just and saying. It, <laughs> and, and I know somebody with an extra board, so that, that might hmm. work out. Hmm. You know hmm. what I mean? But, yeah, so that, that possibility is totally cool. there. That's this where is, my mind went. That's cool that. Yeah, you got two boards. One of them gauntlets messed up on. One of them gauntlets not. Yeah, and so we all know that original board. You can't be breaking no world records because, you know, Billy Mitchell will come in and be like, you're using a bad board, brother. You're using MAME, man. <laughs> you're using MAME. Yeah, absolutely, dude. So, I mean, good boards going in the machine. I cool, love the man. machine. I, I play it all the time. Um, I bought that game for Rampage, and believe it or not, my four-year-old son loves Gauntlet. We play Gauntlet That's every cool, single man. day. Um, I have to argue with him about being the elf because I always want to be the elf, and so does he. He realizes that the elf moves faster, and he gets to lead through the level if he's the elf. 
But I've settled on Wizard as second choice. And, dude, I love me where playing. I go. That's I love playing I some Gauntlet, and uh, so does my son. So we have a blast with that. The Gallagher Machine, that was my – before, like, fighters really became big in the arcade. My dad used to bring me to the arcade. I was all about Gallagher. I always kind of felt like that was the game that was, like, simple enough for me to, like, learn and play and get high scores and do really well on. And up until I played Virtua Fighter – I was all about Galaga, but then Virtual Fighter came around. And I'm like, oh, fighters. And speaking of fighters, March 1st, Mortal Kombat cabinet got leaked from Arcade 1-Up. They're going to put out a cabinet with Mortal Kombat, probably three versions of Ooh. it. We don't know which versions, but that's all going to happen on March 1st. I assume since they're going to release new cabinets on March 1st that that's when we're finally going to get that Final Fight cabinet that we talked about so many episodes ago. So I thought that was big news. I mean, that's not even that far away. Three months at this point, like, we could see our new run of cabinets. And the only thing that we really know is that Mortal Kombat's going to be one and most likely Final Fight will be the, another one because it was supposed to come out with the first run and didn't. So I thought that was super cool. And, uh, dude, last thing. Which I'll let you mostly touch on. Mostly. NXT tickets. Woo! Your boys at WPC Smash are going to NXT. Yeah, baby. Takeover. Yeah. New York. Brooklyn. Whatever you want to call it. Technically, it's NXT Takeover New York. WP Smash is going to be there in force. And I haven't been so excited for a show since we got our WrestleMania tickets two weeks ago. When I was <laughs> just as excited, <laughs> to be totally honest with you. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we cover wrestling all year round. We go through the classic matches. We watch all the pay-per-views. We watch all the Raws, the SmackDowns. We go through all that stuff. We bring the news to you guys. But not too often are we there for those epic moments. Yep. This is a chance for WPC Smash and all of you to be there with us while we watch history, mm -hmm. while we watch WrestleMania, while we watch TakeOver, which we always rave about every single time it comes around. Four months from now, WPC Smash is going to be at WrestleMania and TakeOver. And I have been so stoked for something that wasn't, you know, family related yeah. in a long time, brother. Yeah, for sure, man. I am super duper duper so stoked right now about this because... Like you said, you you pretty much touched all the bases on it. Like, this is what we do. This is what we love. It's in the intro to our show, man. We love wrestling, and now you love wrestling. Yeah, and I love wrestling too. And uh, to be part of history, because no matter how you slice it, WrestleManias are history. Yeah, in the books, as they would say. So Super Bowl, whether it's. A dud, or whether it's the greatest WrestleMania of all time, we're going to be in the seats. We're going to be in the stands. So whenever you see a highlight, even if it's from from one spot, boom, we can be like we were there. And now NXT, that's a whole new level because we ra we rant and rave about how great they are. And I just for one can't wait to feel the energy and experience. You know, NXT Live. I've never experienced NXT Live. No, me neither. Um, I love going to live shows. I actually like going to the live events. I brought you know? my son to a live event last year. You know, that was the last time I went. And uh, and before that, we went. Yep. You know, you and I. And uh, 
the missus actually really likes going. We we banged to a couple SmackDowns. I'm like, we gotta get to Raw one time, yeah, but it seems yeah. like SmackDown comes around a lot more. But so if I love that as much as I do, I just I'm like shaking thinking about WrestleMania. So you know that's gonna be awesome. And keep your eyes open woo. on the WWE Network because that's where we're gonna be. We're gonna be in the crowd. We're gonna be repping WPC Smash. You're gonna see us. We're we're going to see, you know, you guys all there. And uh, we're going to have some cool stuff to give to everybody to spread the word of WPC Smash. So we're hoping to meet some people and, you know, just create memories, to be honest with you. Like, because beyond the podcast, this is like one of my bucket lists. This is probably the top of my bucket list. Like, for sure. And, and you know, right below it was skydiving. And then I, I did that with Ian many know. times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, Patriot Super Bowl is up there. Yeah, on the top of the yeah, list, that's but, true. But WrestleMania has always been there since I've had happening. a conscious memory. And yep. it's happening. We're achieving you know, our few, goal. A few months from now, we've got everything all set, and we're super, super stoked. We're gonna have more information for you as time goes on, because, like Ian said, live tweeting. Yeah, while we're, we're heading there. All yep, that kind of stuff. Yep, we Follow got a lot us. in store. Um, it's it's more than just going to the show. It, it's gonna be the whole trip, the whole adventure, and we're gonna. Make a way for you guys to almost be there with us. You know, you can always follow us on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, Mike underscore Moran underscore WPC Smash. I'm going to, you know, be live, like you said, live tweeting, whatever you guys want. If you guys want me to do, you know, some Facebook live, as they call it, I'll do some of that. Whatever it is, because I want you guys to be there just as much as I want to be there. Yeah, man. Let us know. That's that's what we want to do is, is spread the, the wrestling community and, you know, bring you guys with us to experience this once in a lifetime opportunity. All right, let's kick it to Mike from Mike's Man Town. Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to my man town. Grab a cold one, sit down, and if you want to play this week, that's just fine. Because I got a two-player game all queued up and it's for the Sega Dreamcast. It's actually my favorite game for Sega Dreamcast and it's called Dynamite Cop. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's pretty much a ripoff of Die Hard Arcade that was so popular in the arcade and it was an exclusive but. Dynamite Cop. Pretty much the president's daughter was kidnapped by some pirates and you're Dynamite Cop and you're going out there and literally the way they were selling this game is if it's not attached to the wall or the floor, you can use it as a weapon. So you <laughs> you, you go through and you could be beating someone with a giant pork chop or a broom or a ficus plant or you know there are some two by fours and sledgehammers and guns and bazookas like you would be accustomed to in the diehard arcade games but in my opinion super fun i really like the aspect of when you go from level to level they do that little loading screen that says like jump now and if you miss you fail if you get it you succeed and that alters the direction that you go in into the next level so if you fail you usually like push i like to call it two doors back in there like you have to get through two two extra waves of bad guys before you actually get to re, where the 
where you passed screen would be. So, so I do, every, every gameplay could be a little different depending on how you do. Yep. Rad. So like if it says hit left now and you don't, and so <laughs> someone's going to come out and super kick you on, on, on the right side of your face. But if you hit left, like, boop, you're going to dodge them. But if you don't, you get super kicked and you fall right there. And then you got to fight this dude. And then it brings you through another room, yada, yada, yada. So it's kind of a ridiculous game where you can just, like I said, pick up anything, pick up a table, pick up a chair, smash it, um, hairspray, fire extinguishers. Um, but it's pretty cool. And I really enjoy playing it. I was super stoked when I found it. So sit down. Let's play Dynamite Cop. All right, let's get into it with some tabletop tips. All right, this week we got some tabletop tips, and I want to jump into a game that we haven't really talked too much about yet, and that is Magic the Gathering. Probably the biggest tabletop game of all time, ever. of the present, ever. of the ever. ever. <laughs> Absolutely, man. We played some Magic in the Gathering back in the day. I got some Magic decks upstairs. You got some Magic decks at home. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have a Magic deck sitting somewhere, if not a deck that they use every Friday night at Friday Night Magic. Magic is probably easily the biggest game of all time. Yeah. As far as tabletop goes. And unfortunately, there's been a lot of controversy in Magic lately. And I briefly wanted to touch on the downfalls of Magic the Gathering lately, which has been Magic the Gathering Arena losing players by the thousands each and every month. And I think that the biggest problem with Magic the Gathering online is the cost of play. Now, for an average person to play even semi-competitive Magic the Gathering online, it can be thousands of dollars to get a deck that's not going to get annihilated every single week at a in a tournament setting on Magic the Gathering Arena which is a very big deterrent to most casual players. I would consider myself a casual player. I don't go to Friday Night Magics. I know how to play the game. I like to play with my homies and drink beers, but I'm not a competitive player. So for all of us out there that want to play Magic the Gathering but can't afford to play at the competitive level, which is extremely expensive. Magic the Gathering is very much a pay-to-play game. If you want to compete with the best of the best, you're going to have to pay to play with the big boys. I, on one hand, can't afford to play with the big boys, (laughs) and I'm sure many of you out there cannot either. So what can we do to kind of avoid the downfall and the discouragement, which is clearly radiating through the Magic community, which is dropping by the thousands online, why Friday Night Magics are so empty for most stores. And I got to tell you, the cost of Magic the Gathering has to come down at some point. I think that the biggest tip that I can give you on Magic the Gathering 
is to utilize your online resources. With everything that we do in life, we go online. If you never change a light bulb before, you go online to learn how to change a light bulb. If you have never changed the oil in your car, you go online and watch how to change the oil in your specific model car, and there's a video that's gonna show you exactly what to do. So what you're gonna do as a casual player is type in exactly into Google what you're looking for. I'm looking for a $5 starter deck, a $10 starter deck, a $20 starter deck. You want to be a little bit baller in front of your friends? <laughs> a $50 starter deck, a $100 starter deck. There are decks that you can build at any price range that will be competitive at the recreational level. Now, you're not going to be able to go to your local, you know, Comic-Con and compete with the big boys with those style decks, but you can certainly have four or five, six friends come over, you know, drink down a 30-pack and play, you know, six or seven games of Magic and have a good time with a $5 deck, with a $10 deck, with a $20 deck. So what you're going to do, if you want to spread the game, if you want to play some Magic the Gathering, which is super fun and, you know, it's once you pick it up, Magic's really an easy game to play. It's a little complicated to kind of explain in, in a, a tabletop tip type setting. But what I'm going to tell you is if you're looking to play some Magic the Gathering, but you don't know where to start, you're simply going to Google $5 Magic the Gathering starter deck. There's going to be tons of options. And what I can, you know, where I'm getting with this is... I would recommend for all new players or anybody who's never played the game or somebody who's just looking to play casually with their friends or their wife or, you know, at home with their kids, aggressive decks. Aggressive decks in Magic are the easiest to play. They're the decks that I play. They're competitive. They can beat almost every other style of deck. And it's straight up just put the card down, attack. Put the card down, attack. Attack, 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 attack. Look for yourself a nice, cheap, aggressive deck. You can f literally Google whatever you're looking for and work your way up from there. Once you play and you're like, all right, I've, I've really mastered my $5 deck. I know how to play it. You know, my boys are starting to know how to, how to play it as well, and they're kind of beating me down with it. Now you go to a $20 deck, yep. or, or you buy a certain card that bulks your deck up just a little bit to you know bring you to that next level and you start there you don't have to jump into you know these crazy four figure magic the gathering decks or even hundreds of dollars magic the gathering decks which is, is totally unnecessary <laughs> in a recreational setting yeah any deck in the right setting pulled the right way which is totally luck you know is uh, a competitive deck you're gonna have a good time so if you're just getting into magic the gathering you're you're you know kind of down on the online scene which is very much pay to play you don't have the money to jump into the tournament level scene i want you to google you know five dollar starter aggressive magic the gathering decks you're gonna get options and you're gonna find something that you're into something that's cool that you you know think that you might enjoy to play goblins mermaids elves something like that and and really have a good time playing magic the gathering let's get back to where magic the gathering started the first time i ever played it i was in fourth grade at recess playing across my desk with the kid in front of me with 
a $5 deck that I picked up, you know, at the local candy shop. And I wish I still had it because I'm sure it'd be <laughs> worth a ton of money yeah. at this point. But um, that that's where we all started. That's where you can start. And my best advice to you, aggressive decks, cheap decks, have a good time with your friends, drink beer, don't take it seriously. And once you have a deck, build from there. You know, start with what you like and realize, hey, I never have a big guy to block you know, Mike Moran's flying guys. I need something to block Mike Moran's flying guys. Go buy, for, you know, a play set of cards that's going to help you block some flying guys. And then work each each week, each time you play from there. Yeah, bro, I got to stop you right there. Uh, I got I to say, I literally took this advice you're giving the listeners right now. I took this advice from you like five years ago. And it's true, man. Start with a $5 deck. You know, get get a feel for the game. But then once you like understand what's going on, like he said, oh man, he got flying and the only way to counter flying is with a certain style of card, you come into your own, you know, but then also, like he said, you come into your own, but then your friends are like, well, dude, bro only has one deck of cards. So I know what he's playing this week, but then you like drop the bomb on him when you show up with three decks and you're like, hmm. I'm switching it out and playing this deck, and they're like, oh, You man. want to be even more sneaky? You put your new deck in the same box that you always play with your other deck, and yep. now they're really not expecting yeah, what's going to come exactly. out. exactly. you have fun. You have three $5 deck of cards, yep. you know, and just have a good time playing Magic, dude. It's a good game. It shouldn't be the decreasing the way it is because people have gotten much more to pay to play and I'm really trying to give you the best advice I can to stay away from that and have fun with the homies. Yo, and as a gamer, I'm going to give you tabletop uh gamers and people who may want to learn Magic the Gathering a little tip, like besides just finding some friends who actually know how to play, download it on Xbox or PlayStation because they will teach you some fundamentals cuz it won't let you, you know, place a card incorrectly on the Xbox. So in a weird way, like I kind of learned a little bit, like a lot of people like myself included, I learned a lot about the rules of basketball by playing basketball on video games, you know? So same thing applies to, you know, uh, magic. And and if you're a gamer and you got Xbox live, you know, you can drop 10 bucks and download a magic game and learn some fundamentals that way too. Maybe you can get an older version for free. If you're lucky, Ooh. like a certain time of the year, you know what I mean? Like the uh, planeswalker 2012 edition. That's it, man. Hell yeah. Um, so magic the gathering, check it out, Google it, get yourself a nice cheap deck, a physical, you know, cardboard <laughs> in your hand deck. Have a good time. One tip of the week that I would like to give for Hero Clicks, which is my uh, passion right now as far as tabletop games go. Besides, you know, I love playing me some Pathfinder, but as far as one-on-one strategy type games go, I love me some Hero Clicks right now. And Jedi Legend on Twitter, he gives out some awesome tips of the week. Perfect for tabletop tips. And I would like to, you know... Give those tips out to all the smashes out there and really spread the word of Jedi Legend. So Jedi Legend's Hero Clicks tip of the week is uh, something that not everybody who plays the game is aware of, and that is the current capture rescue power. It's not something that's used often. It's something that I haven't used 
at all since I've really played Hero Clicks being, you know, uh, such a rare thing to for somebody to actually do, but relevant if you take this tip to heart. Um, the capture power basically is you go up to some, you know, an opponent and you give this character, you give your character a power action and make a close combat attack. If you deal no damage to a single opposing character with the damage um, symbol, then you can use phasing, teleport, or plasticity to modify the defense value plus two. If you still succeed on your attack, you have captured that character. And at that point, what you would need to do is start to bring that character back to its starting area. So if you, in layman's terms, if I give your character a plus two defense and I get up there and I attack you and I hit and I don't decide not to deal damage to that character, I could consider you captured. And if I bring you all the way back to your starting area, then at that point I would release the captive into an adjacent unoccupied square in the starting area and you're immediately defeated. So where something like that would come into play, which is really hard to capture a character and make it all the way across the map into the the original starting area. But where it would come into play is if you had a high-value player on your team, what we would call a tent pole in Heroclix, you have a certain amount of points to make a team, as all of you know, and you say you had 300 points, but you decided to play a 200-point character. He's your tent pole. He's your main attacker defender he's your boy he's the tent pole everybody else are the you know the makeup the support of your team so if you can take that guy somehow capture him and bring him back to the starting area all of a sudden that tent pole is gone and you should easily win the game so capture and release in hero clicks an extremely underutilized and underused, by myself included, you know, technique to play the game. I think that Jedi Legend putting out these kind of tips each and every week gives me new aspects to the game when I'm playing my personal home games. And I think you should use these tips as well. Check him out at Mark Legend on Twitter. Uh, just type in Jedi Legend and you'll find his tips each and every week. And improve your hero clicks game that's it for tabletop tips and now for our feature presentation all right smashers let's get into the underdog movie of the week dude Mike Moran, it was your turn to pick an underdog movie. I'll let you tell him what you picked, and then I'll get into some of the basics, and you can uh, really lay into why this was an underdog movie for you. For sure. So, I picked the movie Super with Rain Wilson. Dude, Super is a super underrated movie, in my opinion. I've seen this movie a few times back in the day. It's one of those movies that's always kind of eluded my collection. Probably because it's an underdog movie. Sure. But I got to tell you, each and every time I've watched it, I've enjoyed it. Super came out in 
2010. Actually, it didn't even come out till 2011 in the United States. Uh, but it's a superhero-related movie. Yep. A little bit before superhero-related movies really became popular. And this movie was super edgy at the time. Sure. Way before Deadpool or... Deadpool came out because because <laughs> that's the edgiest movie that's come out. Deadpool. You know, you could think Blade, but that's like the first superhero yeah. movie that ever came that's out. That's exactly what my mind was just saying. So please get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I totally enjoyed this movie. I've seen it quite a few times. I don't own it, so I'm gonna let kick it to you to really say why Super was the underdog choice of the week this time at uh, WPC Smash. Sure. I mean, first of all, it's a superhero movie, and we're all about that. But it's um, it's different. That's the way I'm going to put it. It's one of a kind. I mean, there's pe- nothing people, really like it, like you said. Yeah, people compare it to like Kick Ass, if you will, because he's a vigilante making up his own superhero thing. But it's That's- it's different, man. It's like it's if you really look deep into this movie, it's a deep movie. That's a good point, you know what I mean? Um, I really, the kick-ass comment that you made, Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that until you just said it, but that makes a lot of sense. The, if I could compare it to any movie, it would be kick-ass. For sure. Yeah, so. Roll Tide. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to give this review all the way live right here. So here we go. Um, so pretty much, um Rain Wilson from The Office, we all know him, timid-looking, normal, average Joe guy. His wife, like, falls in love with this drug dealer played by Kevin Bacon, and you don't know this. Like, it's it's really weird how the movie, like, plays out. So you see flashbacks in, in the middle of the movie, and you kind of see, like, what is making him tick, if you will. But she was a, a struggling addict, and they, they met at the place they work and whatever, but she's falling back in into it, you know, um, being with this drug dealer. But Rain Wilson's character is like, no, like, doing drugs is bad. Like, he believes, like, you know, you shouldn't do drugs and you, and you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. Like, he's very, very literal. But so after realizing like his wife left him for this drug dealer he's sitting there watching tv watching the jesus channel <laughs> yeah and he gets touched on the brain by the hand of god so he <laughs> believes that he needs to go out there and save his wife and how is he going to do that because the show he was watching which looked like a low rate porno was about this superhero jesus dude so he's like, I'm going to become a superhero. So he goes into a comic shop and he's like awkwardly looking at different things like, hmm, wh- are there any superheroes who don't have any powers and are like <laughs> poor dudes who work at a diner? <laughs> but the girl who works at the shop is played by Ellen Page and she's all super smart. She's like, well, you know, Batman doesn't have superpowers, but he has a shitload of money and these are the weapons he uses and so then Rain Wilson pretty much comes up with his own superhero, which is the Crimson Bolt. And now he's looking for weapons. There's a lot of I, I just really like the way the movie does like little montages. I know we've talked about that um in our um Army of Darkness. Like I'm a montage dude. I'm a montage <laughs> and, dude too. And he's yeah. looking for a weapon and 
pretty much his weapon of choice is a huge effing monkey wrench. <laughs> and now not only is he trying to, you know, save his wife, but now he's just trying to learn the basics. So he goes out there on patrol and he shows the real side. Like, dude, if you or I decided to, like, fight crime, he's sitting behind a dumpster and he's like, day one nothing's happening (laughs) (laughs) yeah no crime but then like it gets to to me it gets like sad because like he's tapped that's the way i feel like sure like i'm a literal dude and all my friends will tell you i'm super literal but this dude is tapped so like someone cuts him in line at the movies and he's like you don't cut in line and he storms off everyone can see him he's in a across the street in a parking lot and he's changing into his superhero gear and he bashes this dude in the face with a monkey wrench and he's like shut up crime you don't cut in line and the guy's girl is screaming at him and she gets one across the dome too like he's fighting crime in that way and then the news starts catching on to who the crimson bolt is and ellen page knows exactly who it is and you know rain wilson's like mm. I don't know what you're talking about. Like what? <laughs> yeah. But she's like, dude, no, no way. She invites him to a party. You know, she's probably like 22 in this movie, and he shows up looking 45. Totally like ruins the whole vibe of the party. But then she comes out and she's like, bro, I'll be your sidekick, uh. Bolty. <laughs> <laughs> so long story short, let's just put it this way: the end game is to get to Jacques, who has the wife, but Jacques. Knows people. Jacques has guns. Jacques knows how to fight against a monkey wrench. (laughs) So I'm going to leave it like that. I never like, you know, spoiling the ending here on WPC Smash. So this is where you do your part. You go check it out. I happen to know this movie, Super, is on Hulu right now. You can check it out. I'm sure you can get it on Amazon. Um, When I first bought it, it was kind of harder for me to find. Like I couldn't just walk into Walmart and find it. You know, I actually found it at a movie stop, which has been long gone. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the stop franchises. Uh, yeah, it's the perfect underdog. To. It's the perfect underdog movie because it's not something that you can just go get at your local blockbuster. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Right on, man. So, yeah, I urge you to check it out and give us a tweet at WPC Smash if you've seen this movie super or if you go out and watch it after we recommend it. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Let's go. All right, Smashers, let's get into Off the Top. Yeah, so this week it was my turn to pick a question, and I decided let's make the question kind of relevant to the episode. Now, just bear with me. If you need to look into my sexy eyes while I explain this, it might be a little bit of a uh, question, you know, a little confusing at first, but you'll figure it out, and you got to give me that answer right off the top. So I would like you to pick your favorite TNA superstar who's not currently in WWE or was previously in WWE. I want like a TNA original. 
Who's, who's your favorite? Who's not in the WWE? Yep, or never. Who has never been in WWE either before they went to TNA or now? So, like, I'll say Samoa Joe, AJ Styles. They're off the list. Yeah. I mean, I know this is going to be a weird one because he has been in WWE, but like under a hood or like doing dark matches. But Christopher Daniels. All right. Boom. Uh, I like that answer. Right off the bat, like off the top. A guy that I love his work. I think he has great matches. I think he has, you know, awesome potential in every single opportunity that he's ever had. Christopher Daniels, he wrestled as a conquistador. Mm -hmm. See! (laughs) When they were trying to, uh, you know, Edge and Christian were trying to show that they were not the conquistadors at one point. um, Christopher Daniels wrestled under the hood. He did dark matches. He was probably on a couple Raws back in the day, getting smashed up by somebody. Yeah, Velocities, I believe. That kind of deal. But, I mean, I don't really count that because he never got any kind of real push. So, I mean, off the top, dude, I thought Christopher Daniels. That's where my mind went. How about you, brother? Off the top, I'm going with Little Petey Pump, Petey Williams. Oh, that's a good one. Damn, yeah. There was a couple on my list, but like we said, man, you got to bring it right off the top, and I would definitely go with Petey Williams. Man, that dude innovated one of the greatest moves in wrestling today. Yeah. And... Canadian Destroyer. And we see a lot of people using it these days. Cena uses it in a in like a sit out power bomb type way. Yep. You know, reverse Canadian destroyers on the apron. <sighs> we retweeted, uh, you know, a video of um, Teddy Hart taking a reverse Canadian yeah. destroyer on the apron mm-hmm. by, uh, you know, Pentagon. Pentagon, yeah, dude, and dude, what, what, it's a super relevant move, like yeah. hardcore move, badass move. And I mean, the move doesn't make the guy either. He got a great physique. He got it in the ring. He was I, great, I like, but I, I think like in Pete that Pump. case, I think that move does make the okay, guy. Okay. I think the first thing that, if you said Petey Williams, I would say Canadian Destroyer. Yeah, okay. I hear you on that one. So that's like the one of the rare occasions where yeah. you'd be like, yeah, that move. He revolutionized wrestling with that move. It's yeah. used all the time. All the time. And only in big spots. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say, like, oh, they use it in every SmackDown match. It's not yeah, like, they use it at SummerSlam or WrestleMania. It's not like, like, let's just put it that way. It's not like a DDT, but it's a huge move, and that's a great choice, man. I think between Petey Williams and, and my choice of Christopher Daniels, those are awesome, awesome answers to the the question of off the top. Mm-hmm. So everybody out there on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever you're communicating with us here at WPC Smash, off the top, you know, who that didn't get a huge push in WWE or who never got a big run, you know, really never had any matches in WWE yeah. that was in TNA. Who's your favorite off the top? And now, word on the street! Word on the street! Can I ask you a question? What the hell is going on here? I said, what's going on?
All right, Smashers, and now, word on the street. Word on the street. Yeah, dude. What's up? A lot of cool stuff going on with wrestling, in my opinion. And I know wrestling's been getting a lot of hate lately on the social medias. But I'm going to tell you, I totally ignore that stuff. Yeah, man. What's up with a lot of haters? I mute those haters. Yeah, haters going to hate. There's always going to be people who complain about stuff that's going on with wrestling because we're such a passionate fan base. This people, you know, when we watch the Patriots and we're like, dude, Bill, come on, man. James White been catching passes all night. Why are you going to put in Brandon Bolden? You know what I mean? Stupid stuff like that. We do the same things, but not to like the, that crazy extent. So I want to talk about the worst Raw ever. <laughs> Very briefly, everybody on social media was saying that a few weeks ago we got the worst Raw ever. So I was like kind of stoked to watch that Raw because I don't get to watch it live, man. I work at night. Um, and I don't get to watch straight up at nine o'clock when raw hits the airwaves or eight o'clock as it does these days. You know what I mean? I don't get to jump on and watch it. So when I got home, I turned on raw and I was like, man, this kind of seems like just a regular raw. I don't think it's the worst raw I ever do. I think it's great. No, but that happens when all the time. Yeah. Like it is what it is. Like not every raw is great. Not every time when we do word on the street is there a ton of cool stuff to talk about. So, I mean, did you think it was the worst Raw ever? No. Me neither, dude. No. <laughs> like, like, it was raw and, like, performers are going out there performing and, like... It was a lot of what we normally get because we're, you know, kind of limited on so many wrestlers and so much action for the three hours. I mean, oh... Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose had six segments. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't know. Building their story. I don't know, man. It just didn't seem like the worst Raw ever to me. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about that is was it great? No. Was it the worst Raw ever? No. <laughs> you yeah, know? but what, what I like to think in my head is like when, when you get like your average Raw, it makes those awesome Raws. Ten times better. Which is the next thing we can get into, man. Last week, Seth Rollins dropped a killer promo yeah. to kick off Raw. And he basically said to us and to Vince and to everybody else, and in my opinion, it seemed like he was talking directly to Vince, mm -hmm. which obviously was approved. Yeah, right, right. You know, saying that Raw's sucked lately, Raw's ratings are down lately, and... What the hell is a Lucha house party match? Yeah, I thought that Why was is the cool. Revival fighting Luchadors? I agreed with everything he said, but I wasn't, you know, I, I thought that was great, dude. I thought it was cool, man. And all the mediocreness made it seem so cool. Yeah. You agree? Mm-hmm. I, I, I where, where is the Universal Champion? Why is he never on TV? He hasn't been on TV for two years. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's nothing new. Yeah, we're used to it. That's what Brock Lesnar does. Yeah. And 
if Brock Lesnar was on TV every single week, we would say that the Universal Championship is oversaturated. We see Brock Lesnar every single week. So we would always find something to complain yeah, about. Yeah, it'd be something. Brock doesn't talk. He always has Paul Heyman talking. Brock just shows up and he's five something. He's on every single week. It's right. so boring. He doesn't do anything. Right, right, right. And we would find something to complain about. And I really feel like that just happened to be the scapegoat of the last couple of weeks. Seth Rollins cutting a killer promo. Yeah, it was a good promo. I, I thought it was awesome, dude. I thought he hit all the good points. I thought he kind of touched on what every all the hardcore fans were thinking, all the smarks out there. Yeah, legit, dude. I had a conversation with our boy, listener of the show, Eric Joseph, and like we were talking exactly about what Seth Rollins said ten minutes later in a in a promo. So like you hit it on the head when you're like you know all us badass fans or whatever. He said what we're thinking. Yeah, for sure. They knew what they were doing. Seth said exactly what all the smart marks were saying because he they knew that that would get a big pop and that would get a big rating and that would kind of turn things around. But in as a matter of fact, it didn't get a big rating because it's a weird time of the year. You know, football playoffs are about to happen. Mm-hmm. Basketball's going. Hockey's going. There's so many other things going on right now yep. that wrestling isn't. A lot of season finales going on for TV shows because the fall seasons are ending, you know, in December. Like Wrestling isn't people's priority right now. It's my priority. I, wrestling is always <laughs> number, I want to say number one, but like Patriots heading into right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I but mean. But that's on a Sunday. Yeah, that's true. But Every it, day but Sunday. But but what if the Patriots are playing at 820 and there's a pay-per-view on? It's I'm Patriots. Wa- I'm watching the Patriots and I'm watching the pay-per-view. On your phone? Afterwards. Oh, okay. Front. Okay. I probably mess around with it on my phone until yeah. my phone dies because I have <laughs> an iPhone and they like to mess with my battery and all that kind of you stuff. You got an upgrade, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, if you upgrade yeah, to it, but I hear what you're X, saying. Yeah, that's what I would do. I'd, I'd have my iPad out and I'd be watching that pay per view on the network. But Patriots are on the big screen. You're right about that, dude. And and it's that weird time of year where that stuff's gonna happen. In April, WWE is on the big screen because that's when WrestleMania is going down. But it's not gonna be on my big screen, at least in front of my two eyes, <laughs> because you know I'm gonna be there. Yeah, <laughs> good point, man. Dude, I, I got no problem with the ways Raw's been going down. I don't think they're the greatest. I don't think they're the worst. I, I want to point out a few things that I think are cool that's going on. I think that, you know, um, the TLC hype, I think the TLC pay-per-view coming up is going to be super sweet, dude. It's going to be dope. I think we're going to get the first ever women's champion uh, TLC match. Yeah. I don't want to say championship match, but TLC match. I think Triple that's going to be awesome. Women's TLC match at that. That's definitely going to be awesome. Dude, I think that's going to change the game. Like, let's see what these women can do. They can have a Royal Rumble, sure. They can have WrestleMania matches, great. Can they have a TLC match that compares to the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudleys? We're yeah. about to find out. I, I, I'm going to think so. With the three women they got in this match, I th- I personally think so. They laid in stiff, man, but we're about to find out. And I'm super excited for that. No matter how boring Raw is, 
that's what they're building to Raw's on every single week. Like yeah. I'm stoked for the build to TLC, which is exactly what we're getting. I think we're getting great builds to all the matches. Mm-hmm. I'm stoked for the first ever women's championship match. I think there's good things going on all around in wrestling. Speaking of which, there's all kinds of news outside of WWE, which totally, you know, trumps all the negatives. Just that's in WWE. We're getting the rest of Kingdom card, which is going to yep. be awesome. You yep. know, starting to unfold for sure. As it, as in every year, Wrestle Kingdom doesn't blow us away. It certainly does. And I'm super excited to see it. And I'm excited for to get, you know, each little piece as the weeks go on. I'm excited for the Chris Jericho and Young Bucks promotion rumor. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal, dude. It's rumbling. I'm I'm excited for the Elite releasing their first series of T shirts that's not Bullet Club affiliated. Like just all these little things excite me. Like I might not go out and buy the T shirts right away, but it's cool. Like they're going for it. There's cool stuff going on on Twitter. Becky Lynch versus everyone, <laughs> like you said. Yeah, most man. notably Charlotte. Um, Mandy Rose and Naomi got their thing going on on Twitter. There's all kinds of wrestling everywhere. Mm-hmm. If you don't think what's going on on Raw, check out what's going on on Twitter. Check out what's going on in New Japan. Yeah. Check out what's going on in Ring of Honor. Well, Wrestle Kingdom's coming around very, very soon. By the time you hear this podcast, Wrestle Kingdom might already... Not Wrestle Kingdom, but uh, whatever. The Ring of Honor pay-per-view might have already kicked off. Yep. There's big, big things in wrestling. Mixed Match Challenge Finals is coming up. It's not all about Raw, in my opinion, but I think there's great things in wrestling all over the place. For sure. All over the spectrum. There's such a wide rainbow, such a wide spectrum of wrestling everywhere in the world that if you don't like what's on Raw, you can totally turn that off and watch something else. But for sure, dude. I actually do like what's going on with Raw. It's not bugging me at all. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you a couple things. First of all, Drew McIntyre, in my opinion right now, is going to become the man. Because, yes, we know Roman Reigns is out of the picture right now, unfortunately. And it kind of looks like Seth Rollins might be taking that spot. But guess what? Seth Rollins is going to need someone to fight. A big heel. (laughs) A strong heel. Yeah. So separating, you know, McIntyre from Ziggler... That whole thing that's going on, awesome. Another thing is Dean Ambrose. He's kind of coming into his own with his kind of like Bane gimmick. But what I really take away from his new persona is when anyone calls him the lunatic fringe, it pisses him off. Because he doesn't want to be known as that. He's dialed into this new character to the point where he's like, no, you think I'm the lunatic fringe, but I'm psychologically smarter than what you want to portray me as this you know ticking time bomb and he's like i said like the word i like to use for dean ambrose right now is dialed in and i can't wait to see his match against seth rollins they you know they're the shield but they've had a storied past and they've always been good in the ring but i want to see how dean ambrose works in the ring where he's kind of like He's it. He's dialed in. Yeah, man. For sure. He's you. he's not like that lunatic. where like, oh, he's gonna flip out and you know do that standing elbow drop crap. Like, 
I want to see what his in-ring work, if it's going to change or what what he brings to the table. Because lately all he's been doing is cheap-shotting people <laughs> and giving them the dirty deeds. But I dig it, though. And, I mean, there's other changes that are going on. Daniel Bryan yeah. changing the heel. I Fickle. thought I, I thought I would hate it at first, but I think he's doing a great job. I think he's making us not like him, yep. which is exactly what you want from a heel. I think Bray Wyatt returning at Starcade, but still not making any appearance yeah. anywhere else but then. Like, when is he going to show up? I've been and, saying that for a little while now, too. Bray Wyatt's the ace. Every single week I watch, and I'm like, is Bray Wyatt going to show up? Is Bray Wyatt going to yeah. show up? When he does... It's going to be a huge moment. Yep. Is it going to be at WrestleMania when WPC Smash is sitting 15 rows <laughs> from the ring? Is it going to be... Royal Rumble, dude. At Royal Rumble. That's what I'm thinking. Number, you know, it's not going to be number 30. Is he going to be number one? Is he going to run the tables as a big man in the Royal Rumble? We don't know. There's so much excitement in wrestling right now. Let's look to the positive. And let the negative go. And just really enjoy everything that wrestling has to offer. And if what you're watching isn't what you're looking for, there's other places you can look. Yep. And that's what I got to say about Word on the Street, man. True. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. All right, all right. It's time to get into the main event. Main event. The meat and potatoes. The reason why we're all here listening to WPC Smash each and every episode. It is the loaded potato of the wrestling world. The bacon, the cheese. All the action that you could ever want. Sour cream, baby. We got a sweet recommendation from a listener, Super T-Rav. And he looked for anything that we wanted to do from TNA. And there was only one match that came to mind for us at WPC Smash. Right off the top. That was the Motor City Machine Guns versus Generation Me at Destination X. 2010 this match revolutionized wrestling there are very few moments in wrestling where you're like dude they're changing wrestling right now and this in my opinion was one of those moments yeah for sure and again shout out to travis he reached out to us saying hey man i just want you guys to cover tna I'm not really sure what to cover, but I want you guys at WPC Smash to, to just pick something. So my mind went, and uh, Ian and I conferenced, we have to go X Division. Ultimate X. And Ultimate X is this, the signature match of the X Division. And I, I brought up, like, hey, let's have fun with it. I really like the Motor City Machine Guns, but nowadays... I really like the Young Bucks. I was a huge Motor City Machine Guns mark back in the day. And still now, if these guys got together, I would be 
all over watching anything that they had to do. Generation Me, for those of you who don't know, that is Matt and Jeremy Buck, a.k.a. Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks. So young, so new to the business. This so is, Bucks. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure Nick was still working a regular job at this point. That's something that they kind of talked about back in the day. Yep. Huge deal. Huge match. TNA really laid it out there. This wasn't a main event. This was something that really changed wrestling, in my opinion, especially in TNA. This is what we call a show stealer. Absolutely, dude. So straight up, we get the Motor City Machine Guns. We get Chris Saban. We get Alex Shelley. These are the greatest tag team at this point in TNA. By any means, by any opinion, these are the two guys. Chris Saban, Alex Shelley, the Motor City Machine Guns, top of the food chain. Against the young, the up-and-coming, the Generation Me, the Young Bucks. And this is a really weird match to to cover in a main event. I got to be honest, when I'm going through this match... I'm going to call him Matt and Nick Jackson. Is that okay with you, Mike? Yeah, it is okay because every time I wrote down their names, I put in parentheses either Matt or Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up. Like, we got a very small portion of Generation Me and TNA, which was Matt and Jeremy Buck. They got to hold their copyrights and this and that. Yeah, Max and Jeremy. Oh, yeah, Max. Yeah, good call. (laughs) And I totally get that. But for the purposes of the main event, they're Matt and Nick Jackson. They're the Young Bucks. And if you're watching this match at home and you are not, you know, up to standards on the Young Bucks, let's just lay it out there. Matt is a brunette. Nick is the blonde brother. There you go, kids. It's just like the Hardys. (laughs) <laughs> Matt is the older brother with the dark hair. Nick, the younger brother with the lighter hair or the rainbow hair or whatever you, whatever job doing the swantons. <laughs> so, right off the bat, the machine guns they basically make a really deep cutting, you know, promo. Oh yeah, towards the young bucks, saying how they've been. Sitting at home, dry humping their SpongeBob blankets. <laughs> they got their Matt and Jeff Hardy starter kits. Yeah. Which I can totally see. Yeah, and you hear the crowd. Ooh. They very much look like the young Burn. Hardy boys. And this was the fir- the biggest dig, you know, in the opening promo package. The machine guns say that they've been in TNA for longer, you know, then they've gotten their Hardy Boys starter package, which is <laughs> entirely true, which makes it even more significant. We got two of the greatest commentators of all time. We get Mike Tanay and Taz. These are TNA commentators at their finest. Yep. The greatest, in my opinion, in TNA ever. Commentary, commentary really hypes the brutality and the danger of the Ultimate X match. 
So if you don't know what an Ultimate X match, first off, you should check out at WPC Smash on Twitter and watch this match so you can physically see what an Ultimate X match is. And second off, I'm going to disagree with you, and I think Mike Tanay and Don West are the greatest TNA commentators. But continue. We can agree to disagree. <laughs> Taz is my boy. I still listen to his podcast. Okay, bro. I like the way he keeps it real, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> that very much sounds a lot more like... Vince uh, Russo. <laughs> Vince Russo. Come on, bro. It's a swerve. <laughs> it's a swerve. Continue, bro. <laughs> Matt and Max and Jeremy Buck, they are the Jacksons. Um, basically... We get the the young uh, the young bucks coming out second. <laughs> we get the uh, motorcycle machine guns coming out to their uh, dope entrance music. I gotta put that out there. I love that. That was part of the gimmick, dude, and part oh, yeah. of why I loved them, dude. The match starts fast and furious. You can really see some of the. The early moves that become staples in the Young Bucks move set through the throughout this whole match. The crowd's super hyped and they're all about the baby's face, Motor City Machine Guns. Yep. They're the hottest tag team in wrestling at this point, and you can feel it just by watching this match. Um things will change in seven or eight years when the Bucks become the hottest act in wrestling, but at this point it's the Motor City Machine Guns. For sure. It's funny you say that, too, because I have in my notes that if you listen to the commentary, man, Taz shits all over the box or Generation Me saying, this is an experience. They don't know what they're doing in the ring. I'm like, dude, fast forward like six years. (laughs) They're the most over team, period. Yep. Everybody who loves wrestling has a Young Buck shirt of some form or another. There are many to choose from. If it says Elite, if it says Young Bucks, if it says Bullet Club, you most likely got it because of the Young Bucks. That's huge in wrestling. They made a movement. They got wrestling t-shirts into Hot Topic. Yeah. Phenomenal what the Young Bucks have done for wrestling. So, Matt Matt Jackson ends up outside the ring. Straight up with Alex Shelley. And Alex wraps Matt up um, around the scaffolding and pulls his hair. Right off to start it off. Wraps his hair right around the post. Pulls it. I think that's cool, man. And for the purposes of this podcast, when I'm going through the rest of this match, I'm going to call him Matt and Nick Jackson. That's who they are. And that's even while I'm watching the match and listening to the commentary, that's who I think of. Yep. But to reiterate one more time, Matt Jackson is Max, and Nick Jackson is Jeremy, Jeremy. <laughs> and their last name is Buck. So um, the hair wrapped around the post and pulling on it, I thought that was cool, man. I don't remember ever seeing that before, and nope. I don't know why anybody has not thought of that before. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was cool, I thought it was creative, and I thought it was a good way to start the match, keep it slow, especially what was for about to build. This match is about 15 minutes, and it is a straight-up highlight reel. Yeah. And I'm going to get to that a lot more towards the end of the match. But to slow it down real quick and give <laughs> you some agonizing, something that you can you know, remember and think about, I pull your hair, wrap it around my <laughs> mic stand right here, and give it a pull, 
you're going to feel that, man. Yeah. It's going to hurt, and it feels real, and I love the real aspect of the way that the Young Bucks and the Morrison Machine Guns started this match. Yeah, man, I can relate, dude. My daughter, my four-month-old daughter, pulls my beard all the time, and I'm like... <laughs> Screaming like a little girl to try to let her to get go, to let go of that beard. So kids I can only love, imagine. Kids love the beard at first, brother. You got to lay the smack down. Motor City <laughs> takes it to Max Jackson with some of their signature moves. And they, I mean, straight up when I'm going through this match, like there's, I could literally go word for word what happens through this match, but you're going to have to watch it to really understand I mean, Motor City has so many signature moves. The Young Bucks have so many signature moves that we can't lay each one out there word for word what happens. There's not enough time in the day for that. Like I said, this is a 15-minute highlight reel. So the Motor City takes it to the Young Bucks with some signature moves. And Motor City at this time is easily my favorite tag team in the business. Alex Shelley holds both of the Bucks in a submission for a moment. Oh, I have that note too. Sorry to cut you off like Go that, ahead, brother. Man. But for sure, dude. Uh, let's see. It's the Indian death lock and abdominal stretch, if I am, am correct here. You absolutely are correct. And you took it to a little more detail than me, which I very much appreciate. But I thought it was super cool, man. And obviously you did too. Yeah. And at that moment, Chris Saban tries to climb the structure for the first time. Yeah, because so, Shelly has, you know, both of Generation Me Bucks tied up, literally tied up at the moment. So smart move would be partner, fresh, try to get that X. Saban doesn't make it too far. And uh, Shelly has Matt, basically has Matt on his shoulders on the outside quickly after this. And Saban slingshot crossbodies Matt from the inside yes. to the outside of the ring. I like to call that the Jimmy Hop. Super cool, man. Uh, revolutionary at this point. You're not seeing this on every match. You know that this is about to be big time. Um, awesome spot. Crowd goes insane. While those three, meaning Matt, and the Motor City Machine Guns are outside the ring. Yep. Nick is the first to reach the rope hanging from the structure. So just to paint the picture, if you're not watching this, the X Division matches have four huge metal structures rising up from each post and a set of ropes connecting those metal structures above the ring. In the shape of an X. In the shape of an X. And hanging from the middle of that X is another X. <laughs> another smaller X, which is basically what you're trying to pull down to win the match. Yes. Like, consider it the money in the bank. Yes. So, I can tell you why they decided to go with that X. Because, and if... If you're a fan of Botchmania, or if you just want to go back in the archives and watch some original TNA from like 2003, 2004, whatever, the when they used to try to hang a belt from the uh, Ultimate X structure, the belt would fall in the middle of the match, and they would have to schmoz their way into getting the ref to hang it back up without making it look 
blatant obvious. Yeah, a lot of camera work. There. Yes, yes. So, thanks for the insight because I know. actually didn't know that. There you go. And uh, at this point, uh, Chris Saban tries to climb the structure. He doesn't make it too far. And um, motor machine guns, they take back over pretty quick, and they start delivering more of their patented tag team maneuvers, which are so fast, so cool, yeah, dude. so efficient, that I couldn't possibly run through each and every one of their tag team moves. It's a sequence of moves. Yes. Just like the Young Bucks run today. I think they took a lot of their stuff. I know everybody would like to say that they took their image from the Hardy Boys, and that may be true image-wise, but move-wise, yeah. I think that they got a lot of their ideas from the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, and I can uh, try to paint some pictures of this move, abridging a, a Indian Deathlock while uh, Chris Sabin runs into the ropes and drop kicks you in the face. It's true, man. Bob Ross it for him. Yeah, man. I mean, that's one of the moves that I I had written down. So if you can picture that, Alex Shelley got you in an Indian Deathlock with the bridge, so he's arching his back up and pulling your head forward, almost like in a camel clutch, but. In the STF uh, Indian Deathlock position. Meanwhile, his partner's running full speed, drop kicking in the face. I love that move, dude. Right after that, we get a stiff chop from Shelly to Nick. And this is the first, like, stiff, stiff, hardcore, like, really laying it in strike that we get in this full match. Matt makes his way to the back of the ring and uh, delivers a double missile drop kick to the guns. Yep. I thought that was cool. You don't see that all the time. Motor City Machine Guns end up on the outside of the ring after the drop kicks, and we get some of the earliest creative twisting topes. Oh, my God. Um, I don't remember anybody really twisting in the air yeah. before this. So, to me, that this is really evolutionary in wrestling. Uh, this match is so fast and the crowd's so into it that it feels like a main event any day of the week. Whether it's a Monday, it's a Friday night SmackDown. Yep. It's a Thursday at the time SmackDown. You know, <laughs> it's a Sunday night pay-per-view. Yep. It unbelievably feels like a main event right away. Yeah, and I'll just tell you from the experience, I've been in the impact zone where this was filmed. And yes, it's bleacher seats, but the atmosphere in there, the crowd wants to make the show even better. So they're behind every move. And I can only imagine with like these twisting topes like you're talking about and all these awesome moves that we've been talking about. Obviously, the crowd is super behind it. They want it to look good on television, and that just helps the whole aura of the match. Absolutely, man. Matt Jackson, at this point, climbs the hanging rope, headed uh, to grab the X, and Saban tries to spear him off of it, but Matt lifts his legs and Saban misses. Yep. I, thought this was, I thought this was really cool and kind of a la the Hardys and Edge and Christian where you think you're going to get the spear hanging from the top, but you don't. So that's super cool. Shelly gets in the ring and pulls Matt down uh, back into the ring. And Matt gets in uh, quick some some quick offense yeah. on Shelly. And we get the frog splash moonsault combo that we so often see from the Bucks as time goes on. The wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. 
a very, is that what they call it? Yes, sir. Very much, you know, a staple in the Young Bucks arsenal as time goes on. Nick does the over-the-top rope X-Factor, which again becomes a staple in the Young Bucks um, repertoire. And Saban quickly um, swings to the apron and does a moonsault on Shelly. Again, another staple in the Young Bucks yeah, and so smooth. I have that written down too. Like, so let's just let's just repeat that because, like we said, this whole match is a, a highlight reel. Yeah. So a springboard off the ropes, a la a six one nine ending into a X factor finisher. Immediately, you blink, you missed it. So smooth, flips onto the apron into a moonsault onto Shelly. And this is something that if you're a Young Bucks fan, you recognize and you've seen many times. But this is one of the first times. On a national level, for sure. On TV, on pay-per-view. This is the most loaded 10 minutes of wrestling I've ever seen at this point. I mean, I've seen some good wrestling. I've seen some solid wrestling. But this is the most loaded top-to-bottom 10 minutes of wrestling that I had ever seen at this point. Nick climbs to the hanging ropes and starts to shimmy across him, you know, with his legs up on him, kind of. Yep, army cross style. Yep, shimmying across. Saban drops Matt to his knees and jumps off. And Matt backs uh, with his back to the spear. And uh, Nick's basically hanging to the ropes. like Yeah. With his back to the spear, he can't see. And, like, it's so weird to try to explain this match because it's so different and so hard to really create in words what we're watching as the seconds move on. It's not like they set this up for a minute. Right. It's like seconds, bam, 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 bam. Right. They had a plan. They were going for it. They weren't, like, you couldn't tell what they were going to do next like you can in some matches where they're like setting up slowly. Like I hear what you're saying, brother. Not even close, dude. Nick climbs to the hanging ropes and he starts to shimmy across. Um, everyone sells for a moment. Nick, Nick and Matt are down. Matt Jackson's the first to get to his feet and he gets to the top rope again. Like cables, we'll call him as he's, uh, shimmying across, trying to make his way to the X as Matt making is making his way across. Shelly jumps on Saban's shoulders and actually tickles Matt. Yeah. To get him to drop down from the cables. Um, this is probably the only part of the match that I don't like. I, I felt very out of place. Yeah. For like a like, tickle spot. After all of this quick, fast paced action, they couldn't think of something besides cool moves. tickling him. Even biting him. The like ten- I'd rather see him bite him in the ribs. Ten minutes of straight action and a tickle is what knocks him down off that cable. I thought that was weird. It's probably the only spot of the match that I didn't like. It just seemed very out of place. We get another uh, really fast sequence of moves, including a tornado DDT and a really cool like wheelbarrow reversal face buster. Yes, I have that one written you down. You remember too. that? What did you call it? Because I had wheelbarrow reversal. I think I literally buster. called it. Almost the same thing. Uh, wheelbarrow face plant. Yeah. As I call it. It's like this type move that like I can't even explain, but it's at this point my favorite move of the match. Something that I'd never seen before. Yep. 
I so it's almost like the wheelbarrow move. How Rey Mysterio will go from a wheelbarrow to a bulldog, but instead there's some flippity doodahs and a big old faceplant. Like that's I'll, how I put it, man. It's perfect, dude. Because th- there's no way that either one of us could explain it perfectly. That's why you need to watch it. Check out at WPC Smash on Twitter. If you haven't watched it, you need to watch it, and we'll give you the free link to check that out. All four of these men sell for a moment, and the crowd goes insane. This is Awesome Chance blowing up the impact zone. You've been there. You've been up close and personal. And you know that these chants can literally light this place on fire, and that's exactly what it does. Um, at this point, all four, all four men like start to make their way to the top cable and quickly they're all hanging next to the X. They all fall down and there's a series of super kicks, a super. Oh, I, thought oh, it was cool, I know man. what you're going to say, dude. Are you about to say it? Cause I was Go about ahead. to say it. I'll let you say it. Oh, it's the beginning of what I would like to call a super kick party. I think this might be the first ever super kick party as a matter of fact and that is something that's gonna roll through wrestling for the next 10 years at this point and dude it has its own song <laughs> yeah Let's put it that way. absolutely true man matt picks up uh matt picks up alex shelley and gives him a buckle bomb into nick's knees oh, as yeah. he's sitting on the top turnbuckle i thought that was a cool spot mm-hmm. The Bucks do a top rope fog splash leg drop combo. Again, great spot. Matt hangs in the tree of woe. And Shelly does like a a release belly to belly to Nick. In to Matt. Yeah. While he's hanging in the tree of woe. Super cool. Super innovative. Yep. Like, dude, there's so many things in this match I don't think I'd ever seen before. Yeah. So many the things. The quickness of Nick Jackson, too, because at one point he busts out a swanton and then immediately gets up and does a suicide dive right to the outside. Yep. Like, just quick, man. So quick and awesome. Motor City Machine Guns deliver awesome top rope powerbomb reverse blockbuster to Matt. And I know that that sounds confusing just to say it, but listen here. Motor City Machine Guns deliver a top rope powerbomb with a reverse blockbuster to Matt Jackson. Yeah, so it's the sliced bread, which was Shelly's move. Also, if you don't know, that was Spanky, uh, Brian Kendrick's move when he was in WWE. He still does it, yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Didn't he give that move to Eva for like a week? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, a power bomb into that. So, it's... I don't even know, man. It was sick. Absolutely unbelievable. Stuff that I'd never seen before. I'm blown away at this point. The Bucks are down and out for a moment. And Nick and Saban actually get up and make their way across the cables to the X. And Saban kicks Nick a few times and takes one of uh, the biggest flatbacks. Yeah. He just let it rip. That I've ever seen in wrestling. So if I had to guess, he's probably 15 feet above the ring. He's shimmying across, Nick Jackson being him, and Chris Saban shimmying across on the other side. Saban gives Nick a few kicks, and boom, straight up, 
Nick can't hold on anymore, and he takes a flat back 15 feet from the top of the ring to the bottom of the ring. I, I mean... Straight to the mat. Boom. Straight to the mat. That's the perfect words for it. It's one of the biggest flatbacks I've ever seen in wrestling, still to this day. And Saban unlocks the X, and uh, the Motor City Machine Guns win the match. And not only do they win the match, they are now the number one contenders for the TNA Tag Team title. This is one of my favorite matches of all time. In general, like if you're going to show somebody a wrestling match that's not a wrestling fan, this is on the top couple matches that you're going to show them. You're not going to want to show them a strong style Japanese match. You're right. going to want to show them straight action. Mm-hmm. And this is the type of match that you're going to show, show somebody to really get them into wrestling. Unbelievable. The whole match is a highlight package. And right after the match, we get a solid 60 seconds of highlight package yeah. from TNA. So we get a 15-minute match with a 16, 60 seconds of highlight package, which is unheard of in wrestling. Anything like that is unbelievable. The, the match is insane. Yeah, there's the, only The action is so quick that... To the point where I think Taz asks for the guys to queue up a replay because the move was so sick. But Tanae had to jump in and be like, even though we have top-notch editors, like this action in this ring right now is too fast-paced for us to even pause or do a split screen to show you a replay. So we'll just save all the goodness for the for the after the post-match uh, replay which you alluded to ended up being 60 seconds and they that's awesome. They didn't want to cut away from the match period because the the maneuvers were so quick. Yeah, they didn't want to miss anything. It was awesome. Yeah, exactly. And as you can tell, Mike and I are both flabbergasted watching this match. This was something that should have been a main event a long time ago, but up until, you know, Travis asked us to do this match as a main event we you know or to do tna in general as a main event both of us right off the bat decided that this was the match for it and as you you can see why you're watching on youtube you're checking it out at wpc smash on twitter this is one of the greatest tna matches of all time most definitely and once again you know i just want to thank Travis for you know asking us to do something a little bit different. I mean, I'll be the first with me. WWE is my passion, it's my love, but I obviously like some TNA, I like some New Japan and everything. So, once again, thank you, Travis, and everyone, check out this match. I'll post the link again at WPC Smash on Twitter. Let us know what you think. All right, so on the next episode. I got a little inspired by watching, I don't want to say the Luchadors, but the High Flyers really lay it out there in TNA. And I wanted to jump to WCW for my choice in the next main event. And what I chose for the next WCW, WPC Smash main event is Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Halloween Havoc 1997. Is that the 
purple costume. It is the purple costume. Okay. I know exactly the match you're talking I about, think brother. Many people out there <laughs> listening to WBC Smash are gonna know that this WCW match is one of the greatest WCW matches of all time that gets the least amount of credit. But we're gonna get into that on the next episode. So check out on the network Eddie Guerrero. Rey Mysterio Jr., Halloween Havoc 1997, prepare to be blown away and get it, you know, contact us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Let us know what you thought about it. And if you have any ideas for the next WPC Smash main event, by all means, we're happy to oblige whatever. And cover whatever you are looking for us to cover. We enjoy it. Thank you again for stepping us into the TNA realm. I truly enjoyed that match. And Ian, I look forward to watching this classic between Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio Jr. on the next pod. This is one of the moments that I look forward to on every single pod, and that is the Brain Buster. Don't just sing it. Bring it. That's true, brother. That is true. (laughs) And I'm going to bring it this week. The question that I have for you, the Brain Buster, that I think will stump the Schwab this week at WPC Smash is the Young Bucks in their very early years, wrestled in costumes under the name Los Galineros. If you know your Spanish, this is that will very much help you. <laughs> what were the costumes that the Bucks wrestled in in their very early years of wrestling? Well, I'm going to take a guess on this one. And... Lucky for me, unlucky for you. Here's something you might not know about me, Ian Wilson. I'm pretty well-versed in Spanish, so I'm going to take a guess and say chicken. Ah, they were in chicken costumes, and I figured you might have been okay at the Espanol. Si, senor. I mean, (laughs) so I, I didn't know that. I didn't know they wrestled in chicken costumes, but the whole... You know, Galineros, dude, that means chicken coop. <laughs> I was hoping, I was hoping that you wouldn't know that, but so, apparently, sorry, you did. bro, sorry, bro, dude. I'm smart the, on all aspects of trivia, brother. In the early part of their careers, the Young Bucks wrestled in chicken costumes <laughs> as Los. I'll have to check that out. Galineros, that was like very, very early Young Bucks before they were even the Young Bucks. Nice. So, dude. Mike Morand, hell of a kick out. I'll consider that a kick out on one because (laughs) you didn't even have to sit and think. The Schwab. Know my vocabulary in a different language, brothers. The Schwab smashes the brain buster again. 
If you guys got any questions for the Schwab, any little stumpers, you can find him on Instagram. You can find him on Twitter. And you know what I mean? I try to do it every single week. Why not you try to stump the Schwab? Yeah, bring it. smashers we got something a little bit different going on on the podcast i want to bring up we actually have some sort of a giveaway it's more of a help me help you situation right up in here so what i mike moran and and ian wilson at wpc smash what we are asking you to do if you wouldn't mind going on to itunes popping in a five-star review you Apparently know, those help us. Yeah, they help us. We know we got the followers. We know we got the subscribers. We appreciate you. You know it. We communicate with you guys when you reach out to us. We love that. But So we're asking you, hook us up with a five-star review, and I'm going to hook you up with something. We have a limited edition beer koozie, official WPC Smash beer or soda or can Yo, I drink a V8 every day. I don't know if you know that about me. Gotta get your vegetables in there somehow. So, we drink beer every time we're, <laughs> we're doing this podcast. And if you're not drinking beer when you're listening to it, you just ain't doing it right. Yeah, man. I mean, that's the podcast fuel right there for us. So, we got these awesome uh, koozies here. I'm gonna send a picture out there on the Twitterverse. And if you want one of these, all you have to do screen cap the fact that you wrote us a five-star review hit me up in the dm you can hit me on facebook you can send me a text message if you know my number you can find me on the instagram it's and easily checkable if you did it if you send it to us we'll get in touch to and we will send you one of these awesome wpc smash koozies i gotta tell you man these wpc smash koozies Nothing kept my beer so cold for a long episode of WBC Smash. And they're sweet, dude. All you listeners out there, man, you'd love to have one of these uh, surrounding your favorite beverage. Yeah, man, if you're watching wrestling, boom, need a koozie, keep it cold. You know, football, playing basketball. video games, man, any type of beverage. You can fit a water bottle in here. I don't care what it is. But hey, you want one of these? We can help you out with that. Just help help your brothers out. Help the good brothers out. Just a little bit. That's all we're asking. We don't ask much, but hey. What we do ask is for five-star reviews. So That's if you right. can do that for us, you can hit us up, and we will take care of you, and you take care of us. So, once again, we're you know we're on Twitter, at WPC Smash. I am on the Instagram, Mike underscore Mirand M-A-R-A-N-D underscore W-P-C smash that's how you can find us send me that screen cap we'll start to talk and I'll send you out one of these koozies they're limited but hey get your hands on them they are just too sweet sweet too You can find us on Twitter at WPC Smash. Or on our website, WPCSmash.wordpress.com, where you can find current and past episodes, a donation button, 
and links for iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, brother.